Hello, nerds. Bustin' makes me feel good. This is a super spooky episode of the Superhero Hour Hour. I'm not happy with ah, that. No. Sorry, you scared me. Ooh, it's the, the spooky Hero Hour Hour. Am I right? Ooh. Oh, this is the only show on the internet where we talk about every live-action television show that's based on a comic book or comic book property. I am your host for the evening, Taylor. With me as always is Ryan. Hey, Taylor. I'm a little nervous right now, so please, calm the spookiness down. Okay. A spooky. Stop it! Ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> Scaredy Cat. Also with us, rejoining us, because she enjoyed herself so much. And refuses to leave. She exactly. will not leave. It is very upsetting to us. Is Cassie. Hey, what's up, guys? I've actually decided to haunt the studio is what's happening. So this is just the ghost form of me, and I will not leave. Lots of ghosts do that. They say, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm just Hi, haunting here. I, I apologize. I'm going to come in real quick and uh, just knock everything off the table. Boo. Okay, boo. Ooh. And also joining us is special superhero correspondent, Stephanie. Well, hello, everybody. Actually, I'm acting in capacity of a priest trying to exercise the studio of Cassie. Ooh. That's what I'm well, doing I don't here. like that. That's weird. You know what? This is going to be a very interesting tension, and I'm we glad got a dynamic now. that we're bringing it. To the studio. You guys will still talk about superhero shows in between exercising, right? I oh, don't of see why we can't be friends. Okay, good. Yeah, it's like you're the just trying to get rid of me, and like, who isn't? Or like, like, let's just go somewhere else. Just haunt somewhere else? Yeah. Like well, the like, BK yeah, down the street? That's like, such a good idea for an exorcism. Yeah. Just like, how just like, you be just friends go? with the ghost and be like, hey, you want to get out of here? Yeah, why don't you go haunt the alt right, you know, rally? Okay. I saw I that they. That. Yeah, see, I'm a I'm special kind of priest. You're good at this. Yeah, she's a good negotiator. Do you mean a Christian that. Doesn't like the alt-right? Oh, no, I worship Satan. Okay, good. I uh, saw today that there's the... We've all seen the lady who claims that she's had sex with over 20 ghosts. Oh, of course. Apparently, she's uh, engaged now to a spirit. What? So we wish her all the best. Mazel. Yeah. I, it's just too much news at once. I wish we found out that a week ago, and then today we learned of the engagement. It's so many so many presents we have to buy. Yeah, because now like I have to get the you had sex with a ghost present mm-hmm. that we're all aware of, and twenty of those. So like you're gonna get some like streamers or like Chinese finger traps or something. Did you find out if she's a slimer? I you know what I didn't find out if she's a slimer. Okay, because that's I, another gift you have to get. <laughs> that's <laughs> true. <laughs> yeah, moist toilet. Oh, I'm sure afterwards she takes her wet nap. I recently, I don't remember if I've talked about this on the podcast or not, but I recently remembered because someone was talking about the scene in Ghostbusters where... Yes, Dan Aykroyd mm-hmm. gets a full-on blowjob from a full-on ghost. Yeah, and uh, I just want to say I've, I'm coming clean with this before anyone else can use it against me. My first ever wet dream I ever had was uh, about a blowjob <laughs> from Moaning Myrtle, the ghost that lives from in Harry the Potter. bathroom from Harry Potter. I oh think my. it's okay if it's consenting. Two consenting... Did well, a consenting adult and a consenting... Well, yeah. Dan Aykroyd did not have time to consent in the movie. That's true. So I'm not sure if that one is consenting. Yeah. Plus, we didn't even find out from Dan Aykroyd, because it's like, it's post-jizzing, and the whole problem with the movie is crossing the stream, so I don't know what happened when he peed. <laughs> like, was there explosions? Uh, you know what? That's the deleted scene that I wish we had. Get on it! Who was, directed that movie? Uh, uh, Harold Ramis, who's dead. Yes. Um, <laughs> Get on Perfect. it! Dead Ra- Ghost <laughs> Ramis? No, I think he's just in the movie. It was somebody else. Um... You seem like you want to talk more about this moaning Myrtle thing. Nope, that's all. I, I just wanted to get that out there. We could dig I felt into like, that more. Like, no, I don't think. I think we're good. Uh, I just wanted to bring that up because it's you know Halloween and spooky. And spooky. was it consenting for you too? I think so. Yeah, if I remember correctly, it was a dream, and like I was in Harry Potter world, and I was like, oh, this is crazy, and then I had to change my sheets. You know, I understand. Harry Potter world is a very sexy place. <laughs> it's a really <laughs> sexy place. There's a bunch of trolls and like ogres and stuff. It's like. Sometimes things happen. Yep, for sure, to all of us. Speaking of ogres... I think it was I- Ivan Reitman. Oh, yeah, Ghostbusters yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah, Jason Reitman, yeah. Yeah, that's a different guy. No, I think um, I think we're thinking of the same guy. Yeah, I think Ivan was the Reitman for the job. Ooh, like a Russian guy? Yeah. Like just your friend Ivan? Uh, yeah, some guy named Ivan. Yeah, I wish he had directed that instead of Jason Reitman. We're going to be talking about another spooky, scary Sabrina show later. That's just called Sabrina. It's the chilling, spooky, ooky, spooky, (laughs) kooky-looky adventures of Sabrina the Spooky Spellman. But before we get to that, the super serious, shishy, spooky bullpen. I'm a motherfucking monster! Now we're here in the spooky, Okay, now I'm starting to get pissed. What? This is freaking what? me out, dude. Listen, you- I'm already podcasting with one ghost, and then you're making me think of other ghosts. 
Yeah, what other ghost are you thinking of? I don't know, Moaning Myrtle all of a sudden. Okay, let's leave her out of this. <laughs> you do not speak her name. Oh, it is a girl, though. Yeah. Okay. I just, I'm fine just with... there's a dude named Myrtle? Yeah, and, you know, I'm fine with the ghost fucking, but once a man and a man together, that's just weird to me. What? Yeah, I'll stick my dick in, like, ghost Merle Haggard's face. I don't care. <laughs> this week we're doing the super serious spooky sushi bullpen, and this week we're doing Rushmore, and... Everyone knows what Rushmore is. Every couple weeks, we drive up to one of the Dakotas, and we look at this big old mountain, and we go, you know what? We should build our own, because this one sucks. It's full of a bunch of like people who are like probably racist, and we're going to make a better one. So this week, we're going to make the Rushmore of the four most iconic teenage monsters. Still scary. Still freaking me out. Yeah. Well, you're welcome. All right. We're going to go around in a circle. Everyone's going to nominate some spooky monsters, and then... I am going to uh, determine whether or not they go on the mountain or not. Starting us off, Ryan. Oh, what? The slam dunk seat? Oh, uh, yes. The slam dunk seat. Cassie fucking crushed it last week, and I was very upset. Can't give me that power again. Okay. So, this is a tough one. Um, I think that I am going to have to go with the reason for the season, the, the reason that we're here today to celebrate. It's Michael J. Fox and Teen Wolf. Who taught us the true value of being a monster, which is get to the top of the basketball league as a monster, but then become the person who is the truest of monsters, just a human who's good at basketball. Okay, I was, I did want to fight you on this, but I also have him down because out of the Teen Wolves, he's definitely the most iconic solely for the basketball dunking scene. There's so much great dunking. He dunked it so hard, and to have the swagger to just pull off, like he turned into a werewolf in the middle of the court and then just started playing the beautiful game of basketball right there. And holy shit. How many times have someone in the slam dunk seat picked a slam dunker? This is, this, is, this is unprecedented. Yeah, and he can represent all the werewolves, teen werewolves that came before him. Jason Bates, or before him? Before him. Uh, I His was a father. teenage werewolf. Mm-hmm. He's just a representative pick. And I, raise your hand if you have him on your list. I do. He's Fuck. All right, well, I guess he's, he's going right on there. You got a slam dunk on as much as I hate you and wish that it weren't true. All right, Cassie. Now that All we've right. got Teen Wolf on here, what have you got? We got the Teen Wolf. And um, now I'm going to go to a different teen. Uh, this teen, he is a phantom. I don't know if you guys have heard of him. Danny Phantom. But he has to live a oh. double life. First of all, his theme song's amazing, and he should be on that mountain solely for the theme song. But this teen now has to, like, he's the defender of Amity Park. He can possess people. He can, like, move through walls. He can fly. And he even has a ghost ray. So I don't know what more you want from Danny Phantom. I can't. I, I don't think anyone else on this list is going to have a ghost ray. Danny exactly. Phantom was dope as shit. Yeah, he was. I I'm, wanted to be a ghost, and that's why I'm currently a ghost. He is my inspiration, always. Now, when you say ghost, you don't mean his superpower. Like, when he's a superhero, he has a sheet with two holes in it? Uh, no, He started off, like, as a kid. That was kid stuff. But then there was some very technical science stuff that happened in this, ch- like, science chamber ray. Struck by lightning? Yeah, okay. essentially. Turned into a ghost. Guys, I... Danny Phantom is great. I think I'm going to put him on the maybe pile. Okay. Because right. I, as much as I love Danny Phantom, I feel like he's not necessarily the most iconic, but he could go on. I think he's a very strong maybe, and if we don't have anything better, I think he'll go on there. All right. Stephanie, who have you you got for this mountain? Okay. I am going to nominate one Taylor Lautner. Oh! Oh, another werewolf. The only of the two, the, the, you know, the rivalry with, uh... Yeah. Edward. Edward. Yeah, that other one. The other one. Uh, who was actually a teenager and age appropriate for Bella. Exactly. You mean the actor was? The characters were all well, teenagers, right? No. Actually, oh, they weren't? Oh, because... Uh, yeah, they're all in Yeah, Edward's like 200 years old. Yeah. Yes. He is really age... Not age appropriate no. for a 16-year-old girl. Not a, not frankly, a good situation 200 at all. Vampire. I'm still not okay with the fact that uh, Jacob, like decided he was going to be in love with her baby. Yeah, I was going to say, kind of goes later on, it switches back. That, that part is not great, but still, age range, not as drastic as Edward and Belle. You don't think it's super baller to like get denied by the girl, accept it, which is cool, and then say, but I'm going to hook up with your baby, and I, then just run away like a werewolf? There's lots of problems with Edward. I mean, he did stalk her. He would just yeah. He would just mm-hmm. show up in her bedroom and stare at her while she slept. But She's shiny. You know, uh, Taylor Lautner's also... Um, Attractive. Yeah. For yeah. One. Oh, yeah. He's, I, he's attractive. So he, I, I'll say it for think, you. I think he goes on the mountain. Also, okay. So I predict this was, I think, maybe a possible 
argument against it is that we already have a werewolf on the mountain. I think, listen, if we end up with four werewolves, then we know where the werewolves stand. I don't want to be claimed to be a werewolf <laughs> supremacist, but I mean, listen, it, it, it shakes out the way it shakes out. But Michael J. Fox is a different kind of werewolf than exactly. Taylor Lautner. Taylor Lautner just full on turns into a wolf and that's cute. It's great. It's good. It's a good, it's a good, it's a good wolf. Michael uh, J. Fox is horrifying. Also, yeah. they in their names they both have terms for what I like call types of dogs. Okay, Fox, Taylor, you know it, it okay. works out. It makes mm-hmm. sense to me. Right. Well, that's that's hurtful, but I it's now your turn to put something on the mountain. So let's see what you got. Okay, so we've got two now. Yes, I was trying to make this Twilight free, but I understand it's too iconic, right? It's it's too iconic. That's fine. Uh, but now that we have two on, we can mess around. Okay, and maybe get some the the most iconic things on here that people weren't thinking of. Jaws. We've seen it before. Hmm. Yeah. It's yes. great. Okay. Mm-hmm. Has a shark in it. I swear to God. Have you guys seen it? I yes. have seen There's it. There's a shark in, in it, right? Can you argue with that? There no. is a shark, but there no. is also no. a shark Let the court sharks. show that there is a shark, shark Thank in you. Jaws. Okay. <laughs> if I point to evidence A, me saying there's a shark in it, we can all agree that that's evidence. Yes. Now, Jaws in uh, the movie Jaws, who I believe is named Jaws, is old. I was going to say, how old is... It's, she is old. But that has a baby. I swear to God. And that baby <laughs> follows the family across the country, ac- from the Pacific Ocean to the Atlantic Ocean, and then hunts the same family. That is Jaws's teenage daughter in Jaws 4, The Revenge, one of the most iconic monsters, teenage monsters of all time. That is not wow. going on the mountain. <laughs> that is just a, it's just a strong maybe? Just, just Everybody no. knows that sharks don't age like people, first of all. So what is it in shark years? They live a lot longer than people. They do? Yes. Because they keep eating all the people. Yeah. They because get the power of people. nature's perfect killing machine. <laughs> I thought that was Apple. <laughs> no, I, th- I think there's some wires crossed there. Cassie, <laughs> who are you putting on this mountain? Okay, so for this, I'm going to go, it might be a little bit different, but um, to quote the late great MCR, teenagers scare the living shit out of me, and there is nothing more terrifying than just teenagers, and somebody who understood that was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, specifically the Foot Clan, because they knew there was nothing better than sending out some kids who have nothing to lose and teach them some kung fu and then just send them out into the world. And that is truly terrifying. But I, I want to throw this mic down and clap. It's so good. <laughs> Cassie, is th- Cassie is just good at this. They, Sorry, they're, uh, they're not monsters, though. You skipped Teenagers over a monster. Are monsters. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're, they're all monsters. monsters but... The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are the actual monsters. They're the protectors. Uh, oh, you can't right they're now. They're mutant, disgusting people, oh, and wait, we no, know so they're wait, teenagers. Oh, wait, so, wait, so who are you saying? is what Teenagers tra- themselves. The Foot Clan? The teens of the Foot oh, Clan. Oh, fuck out of here. <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking about the Teenage Yeah, we were all no, they are the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles. Turn on you. Well, this all turned yeah, right you know now. What? <laughs> well, fuck you, and if we were giving out points, you would have negative 50. <laughs> Stephanie, who are you putting on this mountain? I you can put the Ninja Turtles out there. It might go well. <laughs> or I'm going to nominate one Keith Sutherland from The Lost Boys. That's a good one. It is good. Just him in general is not bad. I mean, yeah, 24, the monster of counterterrorism. <laughs> Taylor's very pro-terrorism. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. No, naturally, that conversation went immediately to 24. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can yeah. connect it, you see. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, uh, that is a very good one. I'm going to put it on the maybe pile for now because I've never seen The Lost Boys and I'm in charge. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do a real quick speed round. Ryan, who do you got? Sabrina. I mean, she's now been in multiple forums. And we've all heard of her. Nobody was confused, I don't think, because uh, when it came out, like, oh, what is this a new property? Comic book to ABC sitcom to now hour-long horror teen drama. I feel like Sabrina should get talked about. I have a clarifying question. The Melissa Joan Hart version or the Donald Draper's daughter version? The comic book version will take on all entities. Okay. Okay. Cassie, who do you got? Um, I don't know if you've heard of it. Sonic the Werehog. This is our friendly hedgehog, but turned to werehog because of some dark magic again. And when the moon's out, he turns into a werehog. The best thing you want to do when you uh, were talking about the most iconic is start off. I don't know if you've heard of it. I don't know if you've heard of this, maybe. That's that's so good. Uh, I haven't heard of it, so I don't think it's going to go on. But I'm going to put it on the maybe pile. Stephanie, who do you got? I got Mike Wazowski. Of Monsters U. Oh, Oh, the teenage version. And this is his freshman year? 
Yes. Okay. And I picked him over Sully because I think he just had such more of a, he had a more interesting character arc. I didn't see the movie. I didn't either. <laughs> <laughs> Did anyone here see just the confident. movie? <laughs> All right. Well, we'll put him on the maybe pile. All right. So now we have two people on. I got one more. One more biggie. Okay. Angel. Oh. Star he, of Bones. A teenager. He's, he's not, not a teenager. teenager. He's twenty. Oh, because he's two hundred. Two hundred. That doesn't matter. He's a vampire. But he did get turned at age twenty six. Oh god uh, damn it! I'm gonna pull so the facts cute. right now. Wow, Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> I actually knew that fact. All right, well, Angel's getting taken right off. All right, so we have Teen Wolf and. Oh wait, Jacob. shit! Hold on, I'm sorry. Uh, did I, I mention Jaws's daughter? Yes. Okay, yes, I you did, did mention yeah, Jaws's did. daughter from Jaws you Four. Did manage okay. To... So currently on the mountain are Teen Wolf and Jacob from Twilight. On the maybe pie, we have Danny Phantom. Uh, Kiefer Sutherland from The Lost Boys, Sabrina, <laughs> and uh, we have Baby Joss. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna. P- Is anyone gonna nominate the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? I want. Yeah, I think that's a good call. Okay, I'm putting TNMT. Uh, just right on the mountain. Yeah, just, just right on the mountain. Because we were all like- so excited about that idea. I'm kind of against it now. It's got to be the Foot Clan, but I guess we can put it up there. All right, who from this list are you guys putting on the mountain? One more time. Sorry. We have Danny Phantom. Kiefer Sutherland from The Lost Boys, Sabrina, <laughs> Sonic the Werehog, uh, Mike Wazowski, and Baby Jaws. I think it comes between Sabrina and Mike, and I would say we got to give it to Sabrina, right? I mean, if we're I, doing iconic, it's, she's it's, the reason it's tonight is the night. I'm, I'm yeah, I'm leaning towards Sabrina. All right, let's let's go ahead and put Sabrina on this mountain, and uh, unfortunately, you guys were all fools and did not submit the most famous Dracula's son. Mentioned in the Monster Mash. Obviously, oh. Dracula has a teenage son. That was a huge and he's the most iconic. We, we listen to the song about him every Halloween. So, you guys are fools, and this is an inaccurate Mountain Rushmore. But on your Rushmore <laughs> are Michael J. Fox's Teen Wolf, Jacob from Twilight, the, all of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, they get one spot, all four of them, <laughs> and Sabrina, the teenage witch. That is it for the super serious, shishy, spoo. Bullpen this week. Now we move on to talking about uh, one Rushmore participant, Sabrina. I was just sitting in the U-Bend thinking about death. And it fell through the top of my head. On the series premiere of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina on Netflix, we meet the chillingly titular Sabrina, a half-witch, half-mortal who must choose between taking the path of night and giving herself to Lord Satan, as most of her witch family has, or staying in the mortal world with her ragtag group of friends and her mortal boyfriend, Harvey. We are also introduced to her bickering aunts and caregivers, Hilda and Zelda, as well as her cousin Ambrose, who is on witch house arrest. There's also the specter of a demoness inhabiting the body of Sabrina's teacher, Mrs. Wardwell, who may or may not be out to harm Sabrina. Taste buds, I ask you this. Despite coming from the same minds, Sabrina has very clearly not taken the Riverdale approach to storytelling and is staying much more grounded. Do you think this is a help or a hindrance to its reception? It's obviously more boring and then it sucks. That's, you know what? Counterpoint. No, it doesn't. Uh, okay, hold on. Counter-counterpoint. Yes, it does. You don't like Sabrina. It was good. I just think okay. that if, if, if like every show is, every uh, step you move away from Riverdale, it's the worse you are. I definitely wanted Riverdale. I was absolutely fine with what they gave me. That's how I was. Like, I was ready for it to be over the top because it was coming from the same people. But I think it was just the perfect amount. Like, it was still, it had that really good, like, teen vibe and that good scary vibe. And it was, I really enjoyed it. Can someone expound, someone here expound on the difference between Riverdale and Sabrina for me as somebody who thinks Riverdale is the most bonkers Dumbass show on television. So Riverdale, what they will do is take just like normal people and just do like the most, like it's all of their plot lines are ripped like out of soap operas. And like none of the actual character drama is really that interesting or like driven by like, you know, acting or anything like that. It's all (laughs) just like, let's throw shit at the wall and do nothing. Sabrina is very much a show where they're like, yes, this girl exists in a world with magic. And all of that stuff, she's joining the Lord Satan. And they're gonna they, they still do a little bit of the like winkiness, but it is nowhere near the level of like let's just throw shit at the wall and see what sticks. Yeah, but even in the pilot, you're given like ten separate conflicts that could, you know, progress in any sort of crazy way. I think although I think it's like it's not predictable, but you can sort of like you can right. cut you can like connect the dots between some of these conflicts. Yeah, it's it's very 
because the first episode of Riverdale, on the other hand, was we've got a murder. Also, I'm fucking a teacher. There's like oh, I forgot they threw that in the first yeah, one. Yeah, like a Jughead might be homeless by the first episode. Yeah. Like they just threw everything at the wall. This Betty just, turned into a submarine that flew. Yeah, it was weird. It was just it's crazy. This is I think a much more grounded, and it could go different directions. But I think they are sticking to a very like hey. This she's a teenage girl and she's caught in between these two worlds and she has to decide like I'm not fully this thing or fully that thing like where do I fit in this world and I think that's a very interesting theme to explore. Yeah, there's nothing in this episode that makes me think they'll go bonkers outside of their own walls at any point. Yeah. Like they have set up their shit and this is how their world works. They're going to stick to it for as long as possible, which is how every other show on TV works outside yes. of Riverdale and soap operas. That's how you could tell they're kind of going to stick to it because like, so Salem, they changed Salem. Salem's not going to talk at all, but he's got like, he's just a regular familiar. So you don't have like that. I was almost sad that we didn't have like that sassy cat to like give little comments everywhere, but they still like, I think it helped it because you can't have that and have it be as serious as a show as I think it's trying to do because it is going darker. They're doing like Titans where it's like, it's darker, but they're doing it well. And every decision like that does set the tone of the show. You know, yeah. if they decide that the cat talks, which I guess they've done in other TV versions of Sabrina, yes. uh, then that makes the tone go this way instead of this way. And that would have been a change that it seems innocuous. The cat talks on a witch show. Oh, sure. I don't care. But the fact that they didn't do it does make Sabrina feel like a different show. Yes. A decision that I want everyone's opinion on is how did you guys feel about the sort of almost fisheye blurry lens that happens a lot in this show. Yeah, I couldn't nail it down, like, what they were trying to tell in those scenes. Like, if that's when, like, magic was happening or what they were trying to get at, like, with those moments. Or your internet is going down. Yeah, that's what I really thought. Or they're just trying to save money on CGI. Uh, Maybe. Because that, one of that, that happened when that, it's, it's, that ghoul was chasing her around the maze. Yeah, I, I think it happens pretty much any time that there is, like magic, but sometimes even when there's not really magic, just like a close up, yeah, it would. It just kind of happens a lot, and it to the point where like I stopped the show and I was like, "Sabrina Blurry," and like Googled <laughs> it just to see like are other people having Experience. the same thing, or is it just like my TV's broken? Is this the kind of show with the kind of fans where we're allowed to say the word magic, or is there something some other term we're supposed to be using? Oh no, I'm pretty sure this is magic. It's magic. Okay, if, dark if, magic. If it's not, then please write to us at. Contact at yourpopfilter.com and let us know the correct term we should be using. I believe magic is the preferred term. Not yeah. spells and warlocks. or, or like arts, dark arts. All, or like witchcraft or like night moves. <laughs> night moves probably, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think Bob Seger was singing about this. Yeah, it's all yeah. lexicon together. Uh, so how do you guys feel about, I was wrong when I said that it took place all in the 60s. It takes place in present day. Really? They, they just Does? pretend it takes place in the 60s. Yes, because uh, I've watched a few more episodes and in every single episode, they have exactly one thing that indicates it doesn't take place in the 60s. In this first episode, it is uh, Ambrose is working on a computer when she shows up. Oh, there's man. a laptop. It's a shitty laptop. Like, there's always, like, one, like, little subtle thing that's like, hey, we're going to reference a thing that happened in the 90s so well, that you know it's not the 60s. It seems really married to, like, a, an aesthetic that I... Yes. I very much like the aesthetic, and it's almost reminiscent of Harry Potter. That's what I was going to say. Because they dark tones, and like she's in the scarlet, so she stands out against. I just think it's a beautifully. I do too. Like, I feel like this is the look that I wish more of Riverdale Mm -hmm. went for. Because Riverdale. A look, you mean? Just to have a look? Yeah. Because Riverdale has like bits that are like, hey, what if this were like. 60s or whatever this is like they are so committed every single car is like yeah all the cars are so i thought i definitely can right thought it was that's the only do you know what cars are (laughs) cars are (laughs) yeah because it 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 says i think like october 30th or whatever the present year and i was like oh it's a funny joke and then they were like oh yeah no i have a computer it's present day (laughs) but it's a shitty one it's a shitty one with like old stickers so we don't know exactly when the other show reminds me of besides harry potter which is not a show is b-taz B-Taz did that same, like, right. I don't know if this is the 30s or now or the future. Just, like, all the technology was past us but mm-hmm. looked before us, and they're doing that same thing. Yeah, like... I, and the clothes and everything. Like, almost every single person calls on, like, a, a rotary telephone. Yeah. And, like, there's, I think, one bit in, like, I think episode two where someone pulls out an iPhone 
And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Dark arts. It just Dark happened arts. once. And I'm like, what? The? And it just jars you out just a little bit to be like, hey, this is still like, I, th- I think what they're trying to do is, hey, here's like what like old like witchcraft and magic like style stuff happened. But like this still like attitude of being torn between two things happens today. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. Yeah, I like that they're married to their aesthetic and they make choices that maybe right. don't make sense for the time, but they look very, you know, good and they make sense for Sabrina's world. Like if you take any of these sets, they're just gorgeous. I just want to go walk around. The other way that you can tell that it's probably not the 60s is that um girls get fucked with and then the girls around them want to like do something about it. Like yeah. uh we should not let that happen. And that's not something that happened in the 60s. They're just like, yeah. Oh, Touch yeah. whoever you want. I'm down with the whole toppling the patriarchy. Yes. Oh, you like that part of it? <laughs> toppling the white patriarchy. Yes. <laughs> I was like, oh, all right, cool. And props to the, it was a TGIF show, right? Sabrina, the ABC sitcom? Yes, it was. Okay, so props to the TGIF throwback of having uh, Cousin Balky as the principal of the school. <gasps> yeah. Balky turned into an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> he, oh, Stephanie, man. again, he's just an actor. Okay, but his fear of spiders is no, real. Wait, wait. No, the no. actors—that's who they are, right? Yeah, no, that's yeah. Cousin Balky grew up, <laughs> lost his accent, and took over a school, which is what happens when you become principal—you take over a school. Uh, so, th- speaking of schools, there's these girls from the other witch school that show up. I right, love which them. School? Yeah, the witch school. Which school? Oh, the one over uh, in Witchland. Oh, uh, witch school. Yeah, the witch school. Uh, so the, these three girls show up from the witch school, and I got all excited because I was like, oh, this is the Cheryl of the show. Yes. Uh, but, but Sabrina calls them sucky bitches. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was on board. And so it, th- there's little taste of Riverdale. There's, there's it, just yes. enough. It's like they took, they took little bits of it and sprinkled it in. They're like, mm-hmm. you know what? We're going to do our own thing. And I think, I think that is the thing that I'm most excited about for Sabrina is that it's not Riverdale. Because I think if it were so closely to Riverdale, people would just compare it and be like, well, yeah. this is just Riverdale with magic. Well, and yeah, it's not I mean, that. It has a cohesive plot, and it seems yeah. like it's trying to say something. And I feel like every so compliment <laughs> about Sabrina from you is a dig on Riverdale. <laughs> no. I mean, yeah. Can we talk Riverdale about sucks. Sabrina? Yes. Do we, how do, what do you think of Kiernan Shipka's performance? I like it. She's, there are bits where she's, a little, she's selling it a little too hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for like... 95% of everything, I think she's great. I think she is the I think she's the connective tissue where if they haven't said that they're going to cross over Riverdale, but if they were, mm-hmm. I think she is delivering this in such a way that she fits equally well in this world and she could cut it in Riverdale. Like she's never gonna go toe-to-toe with like a Cheryl or a Veronica at her worst, but I think she could like fit in in that world and just show up. I would bet all $12 in my checking account that there's going to be a crossover episode. I would be oh, yes. very surprised. They've said no a whole bunch. They have. So which, that means definitely? That that makes me think, especially if we've got the Gargoyle King or whatever they're doing this season, I think she shows up and I think they were waiting for this That's to come what made out. me think that it is for sure happening now. Yeah. Like after watching this, I was like, oh, magic exists there. And now we can get it. Tomorrow's episode of Riverdale is the Halloween episode. Mm-hmm. So I think she's showing up. I don't know. She, the actress's performance really works for me. I just find her understated in a way that is very relatable. And she just, because of her just honesty, like all the crazy stuff that's going on is like, yeah, sure. I I can roll with this just because I really root for her. I think that the actress in general and Sabrina specifically, I think that she's got this precociousness and it isn't labored at times. I do think that she's a little bit labored. But there's something about her performance that does make me think that like she's our Winona Ryder, like or this generation's Winona Ryder is my Winona Ryder, but this uh, uh, next generation's Winona Ryder. The lines, and this is for Mad Men too. The lines take a long time; they're very wordy. They everybody should trip and fail on them, but she doesn't. You think that she is, but then when the line's over, you're like, actually, that was pretty good. Yeah. All right, that is about all the time we have. Just a real quick. Around the horn. Are you guys going to watch the rest of the season, Ryan? I'm gonna. I'm gonna keep dabbling. Okay, Cassie. Yeah, definitely. It was one of the first shows in a while that I wanted to continue to binge. Like I had to stop myself. As opposed from... to saying, "Fuck, I don't want to watch yeah, anymore." Yeah, where it was like it a chore. Sucks. <laughs> uh, Stephanie, the Riverdale hater. I'm conflicted because, as an avid member of the Church of Satan, I feel like they're <laughs> right. trying to make connections that Satan is part of the patriarchy. But no, I'm definitely on board. Woo. I also have reservations about saving myself for the Dark Lord. <laughs> Uh, that is all the time we have to talk about Sabrina. Now we will move on to talk about 
every other show that we watched this week. Now we're here in the poll list, the part of the show where we're talking about every other show that we watched this week. Starting it off is Titans. This week on the Titans, the mysterious woman with magenta hair, who we don't know is Starfire, but is, saves Rachel, who we don't know is Raven, but is, and kills the dad of that creepy family, who are like robots or clones or something? We learn about Robin's past while Starfire tries to learn about hers, which she still can't remember. But it seems to have a lot to do with Raven and the fact that the demon inside her might be bad for humanity. Also, Beast Boy just sort of walks through the back of some scenes like they don't want to do anything with him yet, but don't want us to forget about him. It's weird. So, assembled friends, I ask you this. Why was this episode 55 minutes? Why are they so mean? It's the first thing I check every time I go to watch a show. And I know that 44 doesn't seem that much different than 49 or 55, but it's so much different. Just make them shorter, please. It's so long and like listen you give me a 41 minute episode oh god i'm i'm pulling out my six shooters and firing them in the air yeah i am i am yosemite sam in this bitch because uh, i can't watch 55 minutes of this episode of the titans it's not a good show it's on all the time on dc universe your next show this week is supergirl this week on the supergirl meet ben lockwood a hyper-educated sjw professor whose whole family is a bunch of snowflakes except for his dad, who can see that this country and planet are going to hell, and it's all because of aliens stealing our jobs. Ben, as a cuck, knows that other people have rights, and you shouldn't discriminate against them. Maybe, and this sounds crazy, you should even help people who are different from you. That's what Benny Boy thinks until aliens start coming out of the woodwork and his dad's steel mill gets shut down and Ben realizes he has had Richard Spencer's haircut for the entire episode and maybe he ought to act like it. It turns out our Ben has been that guy in the gold mask from the last few episodes who is hate-criming aliens. And the Supergirl is dying, so she has to wear a weird spacesuit now. So gentlemen, I ask you this. Is Ben Lockwood a white nationalist's killmonger? Yeah, Osama Bin Lockwood is, I think, what we should call him. That's so good. <laughs> Did you just come up with that? No, I've been sitting on Supergirl jokes all week, Taylor. <laughs> oh, okay. That's, it was a good one. I'm glad that you saved her for the show. Thanks, bud. Uh, so Supergirl's really like swinging for the fences. Oh, yeah. It's, well, it's uh, election time, so I mean, we uh, got to do it. And you know what? I applaud them for it. Because a lot of people do think that people who think like Richard Spencer should be elected to uh, political floors do you think that those people are watching supergirl oh yeah their favorite shows are anything on fox news and supergirl week in week out that you know what makes sense to me supergirl is on monday nights on the cw your next show this week is arrow on this week's episode of arrow ollie is forced into and you are never gonna believe this because he's in prison right yeah you know Mm -hmm. what it is what it's an underground prison fight club Meanwhile, Felicity and Mad Dog decide to go out on their own, starting a French speakeasy for teenagers. Mean, meanwhile, <laughs> Diggle and Lila have the 30,000th conversation about trust and when it's okay to lie. It turns out that it's never okay to lie, unless it is, in which they can't, but also cannot. Taste Buds, I ask you this. Does the trick where an episode shows you something crazy and then says 12 hours earlier, so now the episode is going to spend its entire runtime showing you how that happened, but didn't really? Does that trick work at all anymore? No. Mm-mm. You don't trust it at all, right? You know it's oh, going to be... No. Full of bullshit. I feel like it worked a year ago. Oh, it's been one year of just downfall. It has, it like, I don't know why, but like the past, I feel like I've seen that bit done on every show we've seen twice each season. This oh. one was, it was, the first scene was Ollie murdering like eight security guards. And then it said 12 hours earlier. And then we had to see how it was going to lead to Ollie murdering 12 security guards. He like, doesn't actually do that, guys. He doesn't, doesn't do yeah, that? he doesn't oh, do that. Wow. Yeah. Oh, Jesus, that's so upsetting. Well, it was like that was it. That was just like Ollie does a fight club and then he doesn't murder some. And then he doesn't <laughs> then he murder just... people. Yeah, it sounds like a good episode. It's it wasn't. Um, this is when we talk about legends. We talk about how they pour every idea they've ever had into each episode, and then some of these shows they just give us like vanilla crap to get us to the next episode. This was one of those. So Ollie in prison is not a good episode. That that part is actually good. Oh. It's just uh, it's like twenty ten fifteen minutes of the episode. And then we have to do all this other stuff of people just dog paddling. Do you have a moment of the week? My moment of the week is uh, Diaz is now superpowered because he's doing the serum. Hey, oh. Everybody has to do a superhero serum. And it definitely is when he takes the shot and he said, oh, my veins are open for business. Gosh, <laughs> God damn it. Did he actually say that? No, he didn't say I it. I wish oh, he but did. But you can imagine if he did, right? You should have lied to me. <laughs> yes, this lie. 
Arrow is on the CW on Thursday nights. Your next show this week is The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead. It's The Walking Dead. Good. <laughs> this week on a conversationally emotional Walking Dead, everyone gets a chance to have a one-on-one with a longtime friend or enemy that breaks down season's worth of character walls. Michonne keeps sneaking out at night to slice zombies, and a conversation with a hunger-striking Negan reveals she is terrified of becoming like him. Rick and Daryl get trapped in a hole and confront each other about their personal issues with each other over the Negan decision, and Maggie makes up her mind to go kill Negan, despite Jesus' urging. This all comes to a head when the Saviors return and start a gunfight with Carol's group, leading both zombie hordes towards the sound and ending with Rick's horse throwing him to be impaled by Rebar as two hordes converge on him. Taste Buds, I ask you this. Even if we ignore the impending death of Rick Grimes, would you believe me if I said that the most interesting thing about this episode was character conversations? At this point, yes. I'm not going to watch it unless you make me. This was a good goddamn episode of television. But it, it's, it's just so crazy. You it's, understand how crazy listen, it is, right? I, under, I understand. I wouldn't believe it myself if I weren't in my shoes. But there were moments that this show has figured out how to do character moments well again. There's a moment where Rick and uh, Daryl are trapped in this hole because they've started fighting because Rick wants to go stop Maggie from killing Negan. And they have just a very serious conversation where Daryl's just like, hey, I understand what you're trying to do, but like Negan killed her husband. Like Glenn, the guy who saved you, the entire reason that any of this has happened, the reason that you found any of your family, all of that, like of course she wants to see that guy murdered. And Rick just, like, has a breakdown where he's been strong for everyone else the entire episode. And he's like, if she kills him, like, everything we did was for nothing, and Carl's death was for nothing. And he just starts crying because, like, the only friend he has really left in Daryl is telling him that, like, he shouldn't live for the things that he lived for. And it was a great fucking conversation. You are crying right now. I, <laughs> I want to. It was so goddamn good. Carl died? <laughs> would the show be better if it was just called Rick and Daryl? Uh, and Daryl all the time was like, oh, I don't know, Rick. I'm shook. I know. Yeah, Carl died last season. He got bit and was like, oh, don't kill each okay, other. I heard about Glenn because that was such a yeah. big deal. That's like three, Carl four seasons ago. Yeah, no, everyone's killed. dead. Yeah. How did he die? He got just bit and he was like, all right, I'm dying now. He's like, I'm going to shuffle off this mortal coil. That's too bad. Yeah, so Carl's gone. But <laughs> Wait, Carl? <laughs> yeah, but uh, the, the Negan and Michonne conversation was also great because the intro of the show is Michonne is, because in her past life, she was some sort of academic, so she's writing the laws for everything. So by day, it was a very fun, like, uh, indie romance like movie like bit where she's like doing a montage of like hanging out with kids and solving problems and like writing laws <laughs> and then at night the song the music cuts out she grabs a sword and just goes out and kills zombies and then okay. back to the fun it was so good guys watch the walking dead my moment of the week was though uh negan like is trying to convince michonne to like be like him and then he's like some things we hold on to in this hellscape and she's like you want your bat, don't you? <laughs> and he was like, yeah. and, he's, and, he's, and he starts crying. He's like, where is she? He starts crying? He does. <laughs> Negan starts crying. And he's like, where is she? And, and she's like, I don't know. We left it out there somewhere. He's like, you left her? And he, and he legitimately has a breakdown. And when she leaves, he like throws things and starts like smashing his head against the wall. Because like he, I'm try, I think trying to commit suicide because his fucking bat isn't with him. The problem is that of all the escaped seals that are out, out there and everybody keeps screaming Lucille. And he's like, what? Is that, is that my bat? Is that her? I fucking hate you. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break. And then after that, talk about the rest of the shows. Now, starting it back up is Iron Fist. On the eighth episode of Iron Fist, Davos has gone from warrior to pesky brother to anti-hero to full-on supervillain, and it totally pays off. Davos rescues a local business owner and tells him he will protect him for free. The business owner says no thank you, so Davos punches through his stomach. Meanwhile, Danny tells Colleen that she should be the Iron Fist once they get it back from Davos. Taste Buds, I ask you this. We won't be seeing a third season, and we didn't want to. But does an Iron Fist season three that's all wing fist versus evil cackle Davos sound enticing to you? Shit, yeah. I would watch that. I, take out Danny Rand and just put in Colleen Wing. Like, doing, actually, do, put that actress in as both parts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Davos? And Davos, With yeah. puppeteering? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> 
No, but that does fix like their main issue that everybody had. It's just like that's a bad actor and they made him a bad character. So yeah, they, now they're going to fix it and then you don't get like you've suffered all this whole time and now you don't get the good. The polls have come in like they did a good job of pulling him into the background for the second season and mm-hmm. then just take him out completely for the third season. Yeah. Or just have him own a bar called like Danny's <laughs> and that's where the characters hang out. So he gets one scene per oh, episode. I would be so in if that was the case. But he's just like, oh, I got to bust glasses again. Damn yeah. it. And that's his only dialogue. <laughs> Other than that, I'm stoked about the show where the show's at right now. Yeah, it was an episode. There was a lot of character growth. Like for Danny, like he straight up admitted, like I actually almost kind of like Danny in this episode. Once he admitted that he was like, I've had everything handed to me my whole life. And then he was like, I don't deserve this responsibility. It shouldn't be to me. And I was like, holy hell, Danny, I kind of <laughs> like you. And then there was also like, I don't know if I should have gained a respect, but I gained a respect for Joy because, like, she's still manipulating people, but she was trying to, like, calm down Davos. And she has a real talent for manipulating people. So she knew what to say to him to try to get him to, like, just talk about it. Like, essentially talk it out and, like, don't murder people was essentially her advice. And then, like, that went bad. And he knew, like, she is the immediate face to go to for, like, that not working out. And she still had to step up and face him in person to be, like, you saw, like, she took a step back from him and was scared. Because he just murdered a dude. He yeah. just put his fist through some dude for no reason and he like straight up lifted that bloody hand to her and she still like stepped up and was like still trying to get him to come and like work it out they're both they're both scared of each other yes because joy uh you know is afraid that he might murder her (laughs) and davos uh will do things like look at my handful of blood (laughs) that is scary it's it's just not the it's not the only sort of red that his iron fist has it's like it's It's also often covered in blood but davos also knows that like she is much smarter than him and who knows what she's capable of all she wants to do is get the fuck out of there, yeah. but he doesn't know just that, you know? I think it's awesome. Yeah, I think it's I, really good. It was good. Do you guys have moments of the week? Uh, yeah, my moment of the week was when, so Colleen was, like, trying to train Danny to, like, get him to, like, calm down his emotions and everything, and she was giving, like, really good sage advice the whole time, and then, like, it came down to, like, the final test, and she was like, let's just go cage fight in the middle of nowhere, and that, that dramatic switch was so perfect. <laughs> it was more cage fighting in all more of the shows. More cage fighting, give it... Well, they canceled that one. This uh, this should be called the Ward moment of the week because he's one of the best characters on TV. <laughs> in this episode, he walks into Joey's house and Mary slash Warren is there. And they're talking about, you know, he, she has to leave and she doesn't want to. And so she says, do you want me to rip all your teeth out? And his response of, well, nobody wants all their teeth ripped out <laughs> was perfect. It was, it was the best Ward delivery moment. Iron Fist is on Netflix all the time, but not once you finish it, so... Save, it will disappear. Yeah, so savor it with us and watch it week by week. Your next show this week is Netflix's Marvel's Daredevil. On the second episode of Daredevil, we get a quartet of dudes wondering, are they not men? And if not, are they devoted to their various religions? Matt is still battling the same nun who has to be tired of his shit by now. Wilson is battling the entire force of the criminal underground. New character Nadim is battling how comfy you can get when you lay in bed with shit. And Foggy is battling between his family roots and his current world of suits. We also find out where Foggy got his acting style, as his parents are butchers, which is what Foggy does to every line of his dialogue. Oh. Fisk forever, Foggy and Electra suck. Taste buds, I ask you this. How are we feeling about the whole Nadim storyline? Is he a worthy Marvel cop joining the likes of Misty Knight and Dinah Madani? Well, he seems like he can actually be a cop, so that's like exciting. A huge step up. That's a huge <laughs> step up. most of the people in New York. Yes. I am nervous about what they're going to do with him because he's obviously going to be manipulated in some way, but they've like, they've spent so much time there and introduced you to his family, like his kid and everything. So like, I am genuinely nervous about I, what's... I love the, like the corner that they put him in of like, he's like, I need money. Well, we can't yeah. give you money. So, because we think that you will, you know, you will like be manipulated. Yeah. So the exact next thing that happens is he gets, he gets manipulated. Mani- of course. Come on, FBI. Pull your heads out of your ass. Come on. And he's like so desperate to like, he was like trying to sell that he has this deep connection with Fisk and that's why he was able to get it when really he was just like there at the right time. But like, he's just so desperate. You could tell it in everything he does. So yeah, it's a real. And it's so much more relatable. It's not, he doesn't want this because a loved one was killed or Mm because he got struck by lightning and has superpowers. He just wants his kids to have a pool. Exactly. And the FBI won't give him a pool. The kids won't come over to their house. So (laughs) The kids are going to go to other houses. You can't have that. No. They throw the shittiest parties. (laughs) Other houses suck. Other houses do suck, especially ones that have pools because they're not the greatest pools. Uh, But yeah, I really like that. And I really like the Matt storyline as well um, Mm -hmm. because I really like how they're handling religion. And a lot of shows will either be like religion is great and the only thing you should have or 
religion is full of shit. Mm-hmm. And I think this is showing the, you know, what the good sides and the downsides of religion are. Yeah. The good sides being like, it, you don't necessarily have to believe in a God, but just something, right? Like mm-hmm. if you just believe in a bigger thing, which Matt's all out of, yeah. it can be helpful. That's what, like, he was still whiny, but you got, like, it was really sad to see him when they went back as a kid, and he thought he figured out, like, his whole purpose in life. Like, they, his, like, priest straight up told him, like, God talks in whispers. And then he heard, he was like, God gave me the ability to hear the people's prayers, their whispers, and this is my calling. Like, it was sad to see, like, that is why this is hitting him so hard. I also love, though, how once he was injured and got the superpowers, um... He's he's not like, oh, now I'm sad. I have to try harder. He was just a blind little shit. Yeah, like, that priest was trying to help him. Matt was having none of it. Just fighting kids in the yard. <laughs> he's like, the priest is like, well, I can see that you're hurt. And Matt's like, well, really? Because I can't see anything, asshole. <laughs> priest fuck. Did you guys have moments of the week? Ryan? Yes, my moment of the week was the, the shootout at the end was pretty cool um, because of how much was not shown. Yeah, I don't want to just blame it on budget. I'll say Spielberg taught us that. Spielberg was the director of Jaws, not Jaws 4, just so we're keeping everything straight. I fucking hate you. <laughs> but um, all it, there was this huge shootout, and all we could do was hear it and then watch Wilson Fisk in a t- uh, toppled car watch it. And it was pretty intense. Yes. And then some, some guy came out, who I'm sh- sure we will never hear from again, and murdered everybody moving. Yeah. Wait, so it wasn't The Punisher? It was not The Punisher. Okay. <laughs> Cassie? Um, so my moment of the week, a good portion of the show was Matt trying to sniff out this different uh, like laundromat. So my moment of the week was when Matt put on a trench coat and essentially became the goddamn McGruff, the crime-fighting dog, to sniff out crime. Oh, shit. I love a, I love a good McGruff. A <laughs> Matt Murdock McGruff. Uh, Daredevil's on Netflix all the time. You can watch it week by week with us or just binge it and then like listen to the, this like a week at a time to hear what we thought about it. It's good. Your next and final show this week is Legends of Tomorrow. This week on Legends of Tomorrow, the legends head off to Salem for the witch trials, where a fairy godmother is helping a young girl murder people with crows to save her mother from being accused as a witch. Zari manages to persuade the girl not to burn everyone to the ground, even though holy shit would that feel good. Meanwhile, Nate has to prove to his dad that magic exists because his dad works for the DOD and is shutting down the Time Bureau. Tastebuds, I ask you this. What would you ask from a fairy godmother? More legends. Yes. I want more legends. And if I could, more Bebo. I don't think they're... I, I think I think that they've abandoned Bebo for this season. Should we go to the Bebo-man of the week? Because that... I mean, he was in this episode. Was he? Yeah. Uh, they handed someone an iPad with a Bebo block playing game. Oh, I fucking missed it. Yeah. Oh, shit. <sighs> well, now I have to go back and watch the entire season over again. Oh, uh, what are you going to do? When, se- when you say season, you mean series, right? Oh, yeah, no. Uh, well, no, I'm not watching from the freaking Hawk people. Do you guys remember Just that first season? Starting from Bebo? Jesus Christ. I, I, I refer to time as, like, from the Hawk people, like from Adam <laughs> and Eve. It's from, from the Hawk people. Like BC, AD. Uh, so how did you, f- when that fairy godmother popped up, how did you feel? I felt very legends. Like, yeah. they weren't just going to tackle the Salem witch trials and that was going to be it. No. They were also, also going to sh- like shit on some like staple of our childhood, just like the unicorn from last week. It's, I, I wondered how they were going to shift gears from this, from, oh, time anachronisms, and now they're just like, fuck it. There's magical things, and we're doing a different magical thing every episode. And I think that they are absolutely setting up like every episode, the things that they're going to do the rest of the season, like like whatever the fuck that thing Ray was talking about, that's going to show up. And I think that they're doing their big arc perfectly, which is just a little bit every episode. And the way that they did it in this one was they had Constantine at the end, who's going through some shit. Like very yeah. bad stuff is going to happen to him. And he has this perfect plan. All right, fairy godmother, I'll, I won't send you to hell but you do have to help me in my fight. And she's like, bitch, there's no fucking way. Send me right to hell. There's no way I'm going to help you with that fight. You're so fucked, Constantine. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So Zari's amulet got, like, melty-melted. Did that well, get th- restored? Or? She handled it because she was like, ooh, oh, hot, and then paused and, and used it. Yeah, like, what? <laughs> that doesn't seem like that's how that works. <laughs> I, I don't know a whole lot about, like... She blew on it. I don't know a lot about, like, Zambezi totems. It's but the I second rule. It's yeah, the same. I don't think that's... I think that's how that works. How did you feel about the sort of parallels that they did with Zari and her treatment in the future with the Salem Witch Trials? Two on the nose or just a right amount of on the nose? I thought it was weird last week. I thought it was jammed in. 
but it made this episode all the right. better because every reaction that she had this week was perfectly pl- perfectly played because of last week. I think they needed the sort of awkwardly put in last week just to calm down a little bit. Yeah, well, just to like r- like remind everyone to be like, hey, this is where Zari comes from. Her whole family has been slaughtered from xenophobia. I think they knew they were doing this in the next episode. So they were like, let's just remind them of that real quick. And it was a perfect, it was a perfect way to show exactly how back then and now worked because everybody was screaming at this very innocent woman that she was a witch. Zari comes in, uses some powers to save the innocent woman and then gives this huge speech about how like you, you can't do this. You can't kill your neighbors. You can't, you have to stop persecuting. And the guy, the, the head of the town, stands up and he's like, uh, witch, witch, no, she's a witch. Didn't listen to a word, just started screaming. It was, I, I understand where they were coming from, because what, what was Zari's end game on that one? Like, everyone's deathly afraid of witches. They <laughs> believe that anyone with sort of seemingly magical powers is related to Satan. She <laughs> walks in with wind powers. Just <laughs> what, what was her end game? And we know that if you have, like, old school views, or we'll say conservative views... Uh, it's not like somebody coming in and talking to you is going to do a goddamn thing about how you think. No. All right, real quick, we're almost out of time. How did you feel about the uh, Nate and Director Sharp storyline? About how they're they're a team now? They're yeah. schmoozers? They're schmoozers. I like it. I'm down. I don't know if they did the Huckman treatment to Nate. Did he get booted off the ship? I don't think so. I think... Uh, I don't know. I hope not because Nate finally was good. So what's crazier? You like The Walking Dead now or you hope that Nate haircut Haywood stays? I honestly think the, uh, that I like The Walking Dead now is crazier, but that is a very close second. But I hope that he's not... I, it, I hope that he's still on the team getting up to hijinks. If they keep him around and explore more with Gary around the office... I think I'm okay with that because I think this might be a backdoor pilot into their spinoff. Just Gary and Nate, best friends at the time bureau, <laughs> colon, hanging out. <laughs> I think that's the show that they're doing. So it, the way that Legends always works is that some of the team, and they never explain why, other than budget cuts, goes out on the mission and then a couple of random people stay in the ship and yeah. just hang out. That could get switched to everybody goes out on the mission every time. But we the beeline is always this the office stuff. What did you call it? Uh, it was uh, Gary and Nate hang out around the office, colon. Hang, hanging out. Hanging out. Uh, would that be enough for a beeline for at least a while? Oh, absolutely. At least for five episodes. And, and then, you know, we'll see where that plot line has gone. Maybe we can take it a couple of different directions. Like maybe... I don't know, like maybe we do like a Gary and Married situation just because <laughs> his name's Gary. Travel a little bit, hanging out in Des Moines, hanging out at the Grand Canyon. Exactly. We're just hanging out wherever. Do you have a moment of the week? My moment of the week is towards the end where Biff Tannen is about to just take away all of the budget, which I believe they said is like $5 billion a yeah. year. <laughs> $5 billion a year. And 5.2. He, he has the ability to just right there on the spot say no or yes to that amount of money. Yeah. And uh, Nate is holding a pig. That is Ray. Of course. And then the magic wears off. So now Nate is holding Ray, but Nate's not strong enough. So he automatically turns into Citizen Steel. And Biff Tannen is watching all of this and says, okay, I'm going to give you the money because that is a lot to take in all at once. Yeah. I do also think that they played up the homophobia. Like the reason that Biff said, okay, you can have the money as long as I never see this again. Yeah. And he was talking about a nude Ray. I think so. I don't know if that's necessarily homophobia as much as he's like, I just don't want to see this body in front of me. Because I mean, it's just, it's Ray Palmer. I love the tactic that they took before that, though, of like, Biff is like, you, you, you can't prove it. You got to prove it. I think it's Ava who says, yeah, do you remember that time where um, Barack Obama was kidnapped by a big gorilla? And Biff <laughs> Tannen's like, well, no. And she's like, exactly. exactly. Proof. We keep you from knowing that. Exactly. Oh, well, shit, then. Here's your $5 billion. I didn't know. Here you go. Uh, my one of the week was uh, when uh, Director Sharp finds Nate in the office. And she's like, why are you here? And he's like, well, uh, it turns out the present requires money. And the uh, salary for being a legend is the friendships you make along the way. <laughs> <laughs> and I loved that line. Legends of Tomorrow is on... Tuesday nights, Monday nights on the CW. That is it for all the shows that we did this week. That's, uh, we did it. 
we made we made it to the end, and we made some friendships along the way. Yeah, the payment for pot pills is similar to being a legend. Yeah, it's uh, it's all friendships, and we're good. If you liked friendship that happened here, and you like other friendships, and you like happiness, then you should go to yourpotfilter.com and get all of the other podcasts that we make for this network. Uh, some of those shows are Ryan. Yes. Like, name a show that's good. Well, we do a movie of the year. That's a good one. Where we try and figure out scientifically what is the best, most representative movie of every single year. Uh, that is a good one. Cassie, what's another podcast that, like, maybe not is your pop filter podcast. Oh, outside like of your pop filter? It's like maybe a good podcast. But are you still into friends? I'm still into friends. Still is into that friends. that thing still going on? I'm st- listen, I'm still into friends and happiness. Well, then I got a podcast for you. I am on Unnatural on, on 20s. It's where four friends get together and we just talk about pop culture stuff and then also just trying to get through life in our 20s. That's so good. It's so also precious. a good, happy podcast. It Stephanie, is. what are other podcasts that you like? Same one. Name one. The OCD is a show where Mike and Ryan go through each episode of the time-honored classic, The O.C. Fuck you. (laughs) This is over. Would you say it's seminal? most important show. God damn it. You're off the show. I'm cutting you off. of all time. Listen to to The O.C.D. because Mike and Ryan are good. The O.C. fucking sucks and anyone who disagrees is awful. Stephanie, do you like The O.C.? Yes, I do. I do. <laughs> Sorry. Just, I realized what I should have said. Just roller coaster <laughs> all over the place. Uh, other podcasts that you should like are Taylor Talking Taylor. If you like me, I discuss other Taylors of Note or Writer's Block. If you like Mike, he brings on other writers and creatives and talks about their writing process. And it's very interesting and very serious. It's not It's not like a bunch of mix them ups and laugh them offs <laughs> like this show is. <laughs> he mostly... He mostly brings up uh, brings on other writers to talk about his own writing process, which is awkward and not what they're there for. Yeah, no, and it's very uncomfortable, and I love discomfort. If you want to support those shows, you can go to patreon.com slash yourpopfilter and donate to uh, help us out and help fund all of these wonderful shows that we give you for like free content. And also, you get a little bit of extra content. We record uh, occasionally some extra stuff. Uh, and also, there are fun articles. This week, I wrote an article about how I fucking hate grapes, and they're not good. It's truly a masterpiece. Like, it, yes. was, Honestly, they're putting good content out on this Patreon. And, and <laughs> Finally. La- and, <laughs> yeah, and last week, I think I said for an undisclosed uh, donation amount, I would dress up like Gritty and <laughs> film a porno with the Philly Fanatic. So I think that's still I think that's still valid. I don't know what the the tier level is for that, or if that's even legal. Is the donation amount any? I, listen, for my portion, yes, <laughs> I will do it for no money. But you know, there's production value that has to go into it. I've actually seen it, and let me tell you, the tier amount is all of them. You have never <laughs> cried as much as you have watching this. Uh, if you want to help us out in another way that doesn't involve a gritty porno, you can go to yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon and make that your Amazon.com bookmark. It's just like regular Amazon. Uh, no difference to you, but it helps us out a little bit when you buy things through there. So do that. Make that your new Amazon bookmark. If you like videos, go to youtube.com and search for at yourpopfilter or just search at search your pop filter <laughs> it's uh, this place but video form and it's good and they're very nice and fun and nice if you like social media you should go to twitter.com at your pop filter or facebook.com slash your pop filter we are just slinging out other little micro tent out there so just hang out there with on the interwebs on the social media sphere but sometimes they're taking away our likes maybe in the future so like us stuff by while you can and then don't do it anymore because they're going to take it away and that's America. Slinging you, and webs and tent? Yeah. What are you like a camping Spider-Man? Hey. Misa uh, if you want to contact us in a more long-form form, you can go to contact at yourpotfilter.com as an email address and let us know your thoughts on the show or at 1562-DRDJPOP. He's a little robot associate who takes our messages for us and delivers them to us on a little tray. He's got little uh, rolly feet. One of his hands is a... Camping Spider-Man. And one of his hands is a... Bloody red fist. And one of his hands is a... Spatula. And his fourth hand is another spatula. If you like this show and you like The Walking Dead, you should let us know that. If you think that you know Legends of Tomorrow is a dumb show and we shouldn't talk about it anymore, you're wrong, but let us know that also. That's it for this show. Next week, we're going to be talking about The Walking Dead, the, uh, I believe, 
uh, shuffling off of this mortal coil and also shuffling off of the earth because he's going to be a zombie of Rick Grimes on The Walking Dead. Four. Ryan, I'm... Ryan, I'm Mike. For Mike, I'm Greg. For Greg, I'm dead. For dead, I'm Cassie. For Cassie, I'm Stephanie. And for Stephanie, I am Taylor. And for Taylor, we are the world. And we're here performing for the 1998 Live Aid Conference. Back to you, Johnny in the booth.